It's an experience like you'll never experience. I compare it to a NASCAR race. When we say, start your sleds, and you hear the sound and the smell of the race fuel, um, it's like no other. And when they drop that green flag, it's like your heart is pounding. The sound is absolutely incredible. It's nerve-wracking. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. It's hard not to think about wintertime in Michigan without thinking about the I-500. Uh, every snowmobiler on the planet absolutely loves this race, and it's, it's come to define wintertime in Sault Ste. Marie. That's why I'm absolutely thrilled today to have... One of the board members of the I-500, as well as the co-chair, and that would be Carrie Bradley. Carrie, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Excellent. And thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? I grew up in the Sioux and then relocated to Marquette. However, my roots have always been here with generational family here. In our involvement with the I-500 is, is deep and ingrained in our fiber. (laughs) And we're definitely going to explore that. So where did you wind up going to college? I did go to Lake State. I received a degree from Lake State. I'm going to date myself in the early 90s and then went to further my education at Northern and then a master's degree from Grand Valley. And what did you get your master's in? School social work. Interesting. Okay. So let me ask you this question. Why go into social work? I have always loved people. I have always wanted everyone to fulfill their dreams and commit to their highest potential. And I'm very interested in helping people get to that point. And where do you think that this desire of yours came from? A lot of it had to do with my family roots. We're very, very people-oriented, have always volunteered in our communities. Um, My parents, grandparents, I've had phenomenal role models in that. And it was just one of those things that you give back to your community. You, You get what you give. Nice. Now... It's uh, so. Did you actually get a career going in social work? Absolutely, yes. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm a retired social worker. Okay, I've worked clinical social work in uh, a hospital setting, in a mental health setting, and then I finished out my career, 28 year career as a school social worker. Okay, now was this back up here in the UP? Yes, this was here in the Eastern Upper Peninsula. Yes. Okay, so now I'm going to take a step back because it seems like there's a big leap between. I'm a social worker to <laughs> the I-500. I-500. <laughs> yes. So how did you get involved with the I-500? Back in the early 70s, my grandfather sold ski roll snowmobiles. So as far back as I can remember, our family rode snowmobiles together. That was something that we did on the weekends. If you were too small to sit on the sled, you actually got towed in the back of one. <laughs> So I don't remember snowmobiling not ever being a part of my life. My grandpa had snowmobile teams in the first couple races. Generationally, um, my great uncle was one of the first founding board members and planners of the I-500. Many family members have been on the board. There's 
probably not too many years of our 55-year history that there hasn't been a family member on the board, probably not a single year where there hasn't been a family member at least involved in volunteering in the race, if not handfuls of them. Carrie, if you would, tell us what the I-500 is. The I-500 is a week-long family community event that ends on Saturday with the biggest, most exciting race in North America. Okay, so what goes on during these family, This because it's an entire week. Week, yes it so is. So it's not seven days of racing, is it? No, it's not. Our program starts on Sunday with our kids race. Very family-oriented, a great day. We end with uh, a pizza party and a celebration and trophies. It's our way of not only giving back to the community, but also involving our young people in the racing circuit. It's great for them to get started at a young age, and we teach them exactly appropriate race etiquette, so to speak, and it gives them a great opportunity to get out there and show their stuff, and they absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite events that we do. And what other kind of events do you have going on that week? On Monday, we also try to involve the community as much as possible, and we do a skate night at the track. It will be held on Monday this year, weather permitting. Everything, again, is weather permitting sure. uh, from 5 to 7, where we invite the community to actually come and skate around the Mile Oval, which is really exciting. Uh, totally different look. It, it looks big, but when you're actually going around that mile loop, it's quite incredible. And then we also are planning our driver introduction night where the kids can come, families can come and actually meet some of the drivers, sit on their sleds, ask them questions, things like that. It's it's a great opportunity for our drivers to give back to the community and just to, to keep everybody interested and know what's happening. And a couple of other events that they got going on that week. Uh, so then we move into our actual qualifying for the week. We have several sessions of that. We also have a race Wednesday night as well as Thursday night. Friday, we move into race registration, and we do everything around racing on Friday, and then we kick off everything Saturday morning. Carrie, for the actual race day itself, in the morning, right when things are going on, talk to us about what that is like. Wow, Cliff, it's the most exciting experience ever. Um, we start our uh, pre-race festivities at around 9 a.m. with a green flag drop at 10. And let me tell you, it's an experience like you'll never experience. I compare it to a NASCAR race. When we say start your sleds and you hear the sound and the smell of the race fuel, nice. um, it's like no other when they go around those first few laps under caution, we like to watch for snow dust and conditions, track conditions. And when they drop that green flag, it's like your heart is pounding. The sound is absolutely incredible. It's nerve wracking. I cry actually the first several laps because <laughs> um, the sleds are very bunched up. When they go around the first few Everybody times. Everybody wants that top spot. And it's, we tend to tell racers, rookies, we say, you know, you're not going to win this race the first hundred laps. 
This is a 500-mile race, but once once they start, that driver kicks in and the excitement kicks in and people take off and it's nerve-wracking and exciting and fun to watch. The sounds, the noises, the smell, it just doesn't get any better. It's it's in your body and if you experience that one time, you will be addicted. You will want to come back every year after that to see that start. Why don't you talk to us about how the initial idea for the I-500 came about? Why even have a race in the first place? This started out with a group of men sitting around having coffee and thinking about the Daytona 500 and saying, hmm, we should do this for a snowmobile race. We should do something <laughs> that we can do 500 laps on a snowmobile. And it evolved from there. And my understanding is that we had a great showing of people from both sides of the river who ended up partaking in this endeavor, truly, and bringing equipment and accessories over from across the border and building our first initial racetrack. And from there, it's become a little bit of a cultural phenomenon. Absolutely. How many people usually attend the I-500? Uh, we usually have upwards of uh, 20,000. Oh, sweet Moses. Yes, yes. That is a lot of people. And how many race drivers do you typically have? Well, we're allowed to have, well, that's varied over the years. We okay. used to have more um, when we started. Our starting field now is, I think, 35. Oh, okay. So that's actually a lot less than I thought it would be. But you said there was a point in time that there was more. There was more, Yes. You were also talking too, and this is something that I've known for quite a while and your statement earlier uh, kind of sparked the memory. The racetrack is actually made of ice. Yes, it is, which is a big misconception because people think that we need snow. We need cold weather to be able to freeze water. It is ice. Why ice? Because I'm one of those people that would think you should be racing on snow, but why ice? You know, it, it gives better traction. We The drivers have studs, so it's just a better race surface mm, than okay. snow is. For the I-500, because I know that you said, how many generations of your family have been involved with the I-500? Five. Five. Yes. <laughs> so it literally is in your DNA. It is in my DNA. Yes, yes it is. And so when it comes time for you to decide, to join the I-500, is it just because of family tradition? Is it something that you're passionate about? Absolutely both. Like I said, I grew up riding sleds, still ride to this day. Grandfather rode till he was in his 80s. My dad rode until he passed away. Additionally, it, it was something that we were involved with for so long. And when I moved back to town, um, I had lots of family involved, so it made sense for me to get reinvolved as a volunteer. When you joined the I-500, was it with the intent that, you know, you were one day going to be on the board of it? Or were you just thinking to yourself at the time, I just want to be a part of this? Absolutely just a part of it. Never, ever, ever aspired to be a board member. 
<laughs> and how many years now have you been doing this? Uh, this will be my 31st year of volunteering. Wow. Yes. Wow. And you keep coming back for it, more. It's family. And you're Once not you, just you're not just talking literally family. It's the I five hundred family. It's it's a family. It, I think anyone that you would talk to that has volunteered there over the fifty five years would say it's the I five hundred, and it's volunteers. It's family. And when you need something and you call on your I five hundred family, they are there. I love that. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about the I-500 and uh, what you can expect when you come to the event. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advanced notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com slash join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary people doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, we're talking with the co-chair of the I-500, and that would be Carrie Bradley. Carrie, before the break, we were having a pretty cool conversation, actually, with regards to the I-500 family, and you were talking about the, the, you know, the volunteers and everything else and how they're there. And that, I absolutely, I love that. So to take a step back here, to put on an I-500 event, how many people are typically involved? Hundreds. So many people do things that we don't even know about every year. I, I couldn't even give you a, a solid number okay. on that. Um, this community has supported this event and the volunteers and the people of this community have made this event for 55 years. We are the longest-running volunteer event in the state of Michigan. That's something to hang your hat on. It's amazing, yeah. So I can't even tell you because so many things simultaneously happen that we don't even know about, that somebody calls and says, hey, can you do this for us? Hey, can you do that for us? Hey, what... I couldn't even tell you how many hundreds of people are involved in this event each year. So with that being said, it seems that the community just does more than just show up at the race. Absolutely. To support it. Absolutely. They're actively involved with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. From track efforts all year round, mowing grass, cutting trees, to providing food during race week for volunteers. Um, we feed all of our volunteers. Yeah, they're involved in every aspect of this race. So let's talk about if somebody's listening to this and they're like, you know what, I'd like to volunteer. I would like to be a part of this. Talk to us a little bit about how that process works. What are some of the things that they could expect if they wanted to volunteer? Well, we do have um, on our website uh, a volunteer application. And when you fill that out, you give us an idea of what you might be interested in volunteering. And then we try to 
match what your interest is. Like I said, there's anything up there from working in the summer during work projects to uh, plowing snow in the winter to hanging banners to helping cook food for volunteers to selling apparel. There's such a wide variety of things that people can become involved with. It's endless. The I-500 in and of itself is a year-round event. Absolutely. It's not just one week out of the year. It's the race is over and you're already focused on next year. We're planning for the next year. We're actually planning simultaneously while the race is going on. We're taking notes and saying, hey, we need to do this next year. Hey, we need to not do this next year. So we're continually in a planning process. And when you were talking before about volunteering over the summer, why is it important over the summer to have people working on the track? We have such a limited amount of time weather-wise here. And where the track's located, it's very, it's all clay. It's very wet. So we have a limited amount of time that we can actually do some of the outside projects that we do throughout the summer. Uh, Any type of building repairs that we do all have to be done in the summer. Any ground repairs have to be done in the summer. So we're always looking for people to support us during our work bees for the summer as well. So you don't have to necessarily freeze Absolutely not. To volunteer. You can come up here when it's, you know, 80, 90 degrees. and Yes, and cut trees and cut grass. And we're doing a project right now. Um, we're insulating one of our buildings and putting a new furnace in. So that means moving equipment out and things like that. We always have painting projects going on in the summer. We're moving things. Absolutely. There's many things to be done in the summer as well. Now, for... The person that's hearing this and thinking, I want to go to the I-500, maybe they've never even been here before. What are some things that I should keep in mind, like really to like maximize and get the most out of the I-500 experience? I think taking in as many of the I-500 events as you can is a great way to see the overall picture. A lot of people come just for Saturday for the race because it is the big event, but there's so much that goes on during the race week that families can take part in. Uh, I would definitely encourage people to do that. It, it kind of gets you geared up for race day on Saturday. You were talking uh, before the break about there's a lot of kid activities. Absolutely. That are in this. And I Absolutely. can imagine a lot of parents are thinking, man, kids get cold so fast. Yes. And race day, we have vendor tents set up and those are heated so people can go in there to warm up if they get cold. Have some hot cocoa. Absolutely. We have food vendors in there. Yeah. So they can go in and warm up in that. Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. For the actual event itself, if somebody is actually interested in racing in the event, talk to us about that process. I can imagine you guys get flooded with thousands of applications Mm -hmm. because everybody and their brother wants to race. So how do you get it down to that final 35? What are some of the qualifications that you have well, in to, place. to be on the track, you have to fill out, if, if you're a rookie, we call them, you have to fill out an application with our race director, and he reviews your qualifications in that before you're even allowed to be on the track. So that's the first process in that. I would just assume that just because you've ridden on trails, 
doesn't make you automatically qualified to go 500 miles on an oval. Correct. Yes, you have to have some race experience. Okay. And that could be snowcross in different states, different race circuits and things like that. Yes. There's actually qualifications that go on. Yes, there is qualifications. There's several rounds of qualifying and then depending upon the speeds, that's our pole setter and and that's how our positions it, it, it's just like a NASCAR race, sure. Indy race. Um, you qualify for your position. Nice. I know last year there was a lot of excitement around the I-500. Absolutely. And the finish that came. Absolutely. Yes. So <laughs> for those that are you know listening, like, what, what, what are you talking about? Share with us a little bit about that because it actually made a lot of news in the state. Yeah, we had the, we had the closest race ever. It was very exciting. Absolutely. Don't know that we'll ever have that kind of a finish again, but yeah, it was it was down to the last second. Really? Yes. Excellent. And now for the for the race. So what when is the race coming up in 2024? Historically, we always thought that the race, we always told everyone it's the first Saturday in February every year. We found out through some history books from one of our um, founding fathers just recently that we did actually have a couple races. Um, we had one race that was n on the second Saturday in February, and we had one that had to be postponed due to weather and was held on a Sunday. So um, it normally is held on the first Friday, or I'm sorry, the first Sunday in February. So this year, um, it will be February 3rd. Okay. Okay. For this year's I-500 that's coming up in, in 2024, is there anything new? That's coming out that people can expect. No, we we have our schedule schedule set for this year. You can find that on our website with all the events times. But no, we have not added anything new for this year. Okay. I would like to say though that we do have vintage racing as well on our Tuesday schedule. And so when you're talking about vintage, you're talking about old older, snow machines, older sleds. Right. Yes, that okay. wouldn't necessarily be driving in the I-500. However, we do have some events that we do have some of our former sleds in that come back and race. So I spent some time over at the Snowmobile Museum in the UP, and that was a treat. It's amazing. And that, if you at all are into snowmobiling and the history of snowmobiling, that is the most amazing place to go. There is so much history in in snowmobiling and it, it's incredible like you said what what they had when it started to what has evolved now they also have a wonderful section of the museum that they've dedicated to the i-500 so they actually have a lot of our memorabilia there as well as some of our sleds that have been in the race so it's it's a nice mix of old and more new, right? <laughs> not totally new, but more new. So I just can't say enough about the museum. It's it's a phenomenal place to visit. Charlie and his wife are dedicated to the history of snowmobiling. So definitely something I would say to take in the week of the I-500. If you're here in town, it's a short drive away, and I would definitely visit there. Certainly. And to circle back with something that you said, you've been involved with the I-500 now for 31 years. What would be 
maybe one or two of some of the biggest changes that you've seen over that time? Probably the sleds. Obviously, we're, we're running speeds of over 100 miles an hour now, where we started at 40 and 50 miles an hour. So definitely the sleds themselves, the make of the sleds and the speeds as far as, you know, the race. When you think back to when we started in 1969, um, sleds were going 40, 50 miles an hour. And people thought that was fast. And and the people thought that was fast. And now our sleds have computerized systems in them. And they're running computerized things. it's, It's just phenomenal how technology has changed with sleds over time. Carrie, if somebody's listening to this interview and they want to check out more about the I-500 and we talked about ways that they can volunteer or even if they're crazy enough to try to race it, uh, but where can they go to find more information on that? Um, they can go to our website at www.i500.com. We also have a Facebook page that they can look at. We post things regularly on there. If you're interested in watching our event and you're unable to come in person, um, we do have Flow Sports who live stream our event, and they are there all week long. They live stream all of our um, what we call time trials or qualifying. They're a wonderful, wonderful venue. If you can get on and subscribe to Flow Sports, that's where you would be able to see everything live. Wonderful. And is there a link on your website to Flow Sports? Yes, there Something is. Something you want to do? Perfect. Sounds great. Carrie, thank you so much for taking time on your schedule to thank be with you. us today. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. And for our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com, click on Carrie's interview, and get all the links that she mentioned above. We will see you next week when we talk to another Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then. <laughs>